We are in chapter 26 and we got up to verse 12 where David has taken King Saul's spear and his water vessel after sneaking down into Saul's army camp together with Avishai ben Surya. They go down to Saul's camp. The entire camp is asleep. Saul is in the inner circle. That's how he was protected. The camp was in circular formation with Saul in the innermost circle. Yet David and Avishai, they still got to him because again, the camp was in a deep sleep, a tardema, Hashem put him in. So David takes the spear and the water vessel and let's see what he does with it. Obviously he has a plan, unlike in the cave where Saul came in unexpectedly and David had to think what to do. In this case, David plans this thing out. So let's see what he does with it. Verse 13, the Yavor David, however, and David crossed to the other side. And he stood up on the top of the mountain or on the top of the hill, from afar. There was a lot of space between them. That is between David and Saul's army camp. He made sure there's a good distance between them. Okay, so he takes Saul's stuff and crosses to the other side, a safe distance away. And he's on the top of a mountain now, mountain or a hill, so he can be heard. He wants good acoustics because he's about to make a great speech here. And of course, he makes sure that he's a safe distance from Saul so they can't get to him. And the Mitzudat David says that there was a body of water between them. And Rabbi Kana asks, why does the verse have to stress the fact that there was a huge space between them? Rav HaMakom B'nehem, it says. The verse already says that David went to the other side, Merachok. He was far away. So it seems redundant to add, Rav HaMakom B'nehem, there was a great distance between them. So the rabbi says what he's been saying all along in his commentary. It's to show the hishtadlut. Even with David's huge bitachon and trust in God, he's not going to trust in miracles. Even if he just got a big miracle thrown his way, that the entire army of Saul fell asleep, that doesn't mean he's going to start relying on miracles. No, he's not going to take any unnecessary chances. He does everything he can do in a natural way to stay safe. He's taking all the precautions, even if he is doing something crazy and dangerous. But within that framework, he's still careful. So again, that's the Jewish way. You trust in God, but you make a plan and go through natural means. Like we saw in the Goliath story, David takes a huge risk, goes up against Goliath, but he trusts in Hashem. He writes some Psalms, and then he goes out to fight with the weapon that he knows best. So the verse is stressing here how David is keeping a safe distance in case he has to start running somewhere. Okay, now let's see what David says to Saul. And what he says better be good because after all, he went through a lot of trouble and risk to get to this point. So he says like this, And David called out to the Am, to the people, and to Avner Bener. And he said, Hello, Ta'aneli Avner. Avner, are you going to answer me? Avner. And Avner answered back, Who are you that you have called out to the king? Okay, so this is a very interesting way for David to open his speech. He's directing his words towards Avner ben Ner, Saul's captain of the host. He's saying, answer me, Avner. And Avner could be kind of groggy, like he just came out of a sleep. And he says, who is that calling out to the king? At this point, he doesn't know it's David. But whoever it is, it sure sounds like he's got a lot of chutzpah speaking this way. It's like he has no fear. Why are you speaking in such a loud voice? He's saying, who are you that you should call out that way? Now, before we get into the question, why is David addressing Avner? Notice the verse says, Vayikra David el ha'am. 
He called out to the people. Now, most English translations will translate Am as army. He called out to the army because that helps the narrative flow and makes more sense. But the word in Hebrew is he called out to the Am, to the nation. And that's the second time we see this back in verse seven, when David and Avishai enter the camp, it says David and Avishai went down to the Am. They went down to the people. So Rabbi Kahana says that this reflects on what David is trying to do here. Why he took this risk in the first place. What he's trying to do is cause a split between Saul and the nation and the Am. Because he's gaining momentum. He's gaining popularity. And he wants to bring the Am over to his side. By what? By explaining his point of view. They've been getting one narrative all the time from Saul. That David is a Mored Bamalchut. He's a rebel. And David wants them to hear his side. So that's why we see that he goes to the Am, to the people. Okay, so let's go back to what we asked before. Why is David directing all his words here towards Avner? It's like he doesn't even address Saul. In his speech, he's just going to get an Avner's case. We'll see in these verses that he'll be practically mocking him. If you go back to that cave episode in chapter 24, all his words were towards Saul, not to Avner. But this time, he's calling out Avner. So this goes back to something we said before. Avner, he's one of those who have been inciting Saul all along against David. We saw back in the cave episode where Saul sounded like he had repented. He apologized. He told David to come back with him. But the next day, we see him chasing David again. So why? Because he has people close to him in his ear who have sway over him. There's Doeg Adomi. But most of all, there's Avner ben Ner. Now, Avner is Saul's first cousin. Saul is Shaul ben Kish. He's the son of Kish. And Avner is the son of Ner. Ner and Kish are brothers. So that makes Avner and Saul first cousins. So Avner isn't just captain of the host. He's very close mishpacha to Saul. And he wants to keep the malchut in Beit Shaul. Avner is to Saul what Yoav ben Suri is to David. They're not only loyal to their king, they're loyal to the Beit Shaul and Beit David. That is, they're loyal to the continuation of the dynasty. Okay, the sages say in Sota, Yerushalmi, that Avner is the one that prevented the reconciliation between David and Saul. And he was punished for it and killed for it later on. Now, how did he do that? How did he prevent the reconciliation? It says in Sota, that when David severed Saul's coat back in the cave, he held it up to show Saul. Avner said to Saul, nah, your coat was torn on a thorn. And David just picked it up. That is Avner, he put the doubts in Saul's head that David never got that close to you. Your garment got torn on some thorn. And he picked up the piece and showed it to you. So according to the rabbis, David is saying like this, hey Avner, what do you have to answer now? I have the jug I got the spear in my hand. Did that also get caught on a thorn? Answer me, Avner. You should have kept quiet back at the cave. You should have kept quiet. You should have let me and the king make up. So what do you have to say now? So now we see why David is directing his words towards Avner. And the Midrash says explicitly that one of the reasons that Avner was killed was because he prevented the reconciliation of David and Saul. Back in the cave when he said that Saul's garment had been torn by a thorn. And the sages go on to say that after this episode, in our chapter, when David took from Saul his spear and his water vessel, Avner said to him after that, no, he didn't take it from you. He didn't get that close. You probably left it in a pit or in a ditch somewhere by accident, and he found it. 
That is, he didn't really get that close to you, like he says. And so the sages say that both times, Avner, he placed a doubt in Saul's head that maybe David didn't really do what he said he did. Now, this is something pretty amazing. We'll see here how the scripture alludes to all this. It's true that what we brought down now is a midrash about Avner saying all this stuff to Saul. You don't see it in the scripture. Of course, you do see David addressing Avner. You got to wonder about that. But we'll see now that what I referred to about the garment getting stuck on a thorn and the spear being left in a ditch, we're going to see now how this is actually alluded to in the written scripture itself. If we fast forward to Shmuel Bet chapter 3, and that's the chapter when Avner goes to Hebron to bring David the Malchut, and Yoav ben Sruria wants to take vengeance at Avner. And he's going to murder Avner in Hebron. And he's going to do it in a very deceitful way. It says in Shmuel Bet chapter 3, that Yoav, he chased after Avner. Avner had no idea that Yoav wanted to kill him. And he caught up to him in a place called Bor Hasira. Bor Hasira. So you look at the English, it's the name of a place, but Bor is the Hebrew word for ditch. And Sirah is the Hebrew word for thorn. So Bor Hasirah is going to be killed at a place which alludes to the thorn and the ditch. So we see now the scripture aligning itself to the Midrash. I think that's pretty amazing when that happens. Now, in my opinion, Avner isn't purposely lying to Saul when he said to Saul that his coat was cut on a thorn. I think he really believes it because someone like him, who was so zealous for the house of Saul, and we'll see how dedicated and zealous he is for the house of Saul. After Saul dies, it's Avner who's going to prop up Ishboshit, Saul's son, and continue denying David's right to the throne. He is going to take Saul's son, Ishboshit, and make him king over the tribes. And David just won't be able to break through. Somebody like that, he doesn't want to believe David. So he projects. He thinks everybody's like him. So he has to come up with something in his mind to explain somehow how David got a piece of Saul's garment in his hand. Okay, so we'll talk more about this later. Let's see now what David says next to Avner. Verse 15. David el Avner. And David said to Avner, Hello, Ishata? You're a man, aren't you? A taish. Umika mocha Israel. And who is like you in all of Israel? Lamelo shamarta. Why did you not guard? El eldonecha hamelech. Your Lord, the king. Kiba haram. Lashchit et hamelech adonecha. Because one of the simple people, me, came along to destroy your Lord, the king. Where were you? That is, how did you let a simple guy like me get through? And David will go on to blame Avner for not guarding the king properly. And he'll show everybody the spear and the water jug that he took. Okay, so there's obvious sarcasm going on here in David's words, even mocking. What's he saying? Hello, Ishata? Are you not the man? Mika Mochabi Israel. Who is like you in all of Israel? I mean, that's stuff that we say in our prayers about God. So according to the Malbim, he's saying like this, you're the man, you're the man responsible for guarding the king and you fell asleep on the job. It's not befitting for a gibor like you to fall asleep and you're responsible that the guards didn't do their jobs. You're the man, Mika Mocha, there's nobody like you. Rabbi Kahana in his commentary explains David's intentions here. Like we said, he's trying to cause division between the people and Saul. That is, when the Am, when the nation sees David's boldness, he's a gibor, and his refusal to kill Saul, they see he doesn't want to harm him. That will unravel Saul's narrative that David is rebelling against the king. Also, David's mocking tone, it's to show that nothing can stop Hashem's will. As great as you are, Avner, Mika Mocha, 
Nothing can stop Hashem's decision for Saul's kingdom to be torn away and for me to rise. It's not going to help you. And so David is making all this public so everybody can hear him and hopefully he'll persuade them and pry them away from Saul. So if you look at it that way, this is really like a beatdown on Avner to humiliate him before the people, saying, you're such a gibor, what a heroic figure. And yet a small fry like me, a chadaam, a simple Jew, was able to get to the king. And so the army now sees him ranking on Avner, bringing him down in their eyes. Plus they see that David never harmed Saul. All that has to make an impression on Saul's men who are observing this. Okay, so when you look at these verses that David says to Avner, aren't you the man and Mika Mocha who is like you? Yeah, on the face of it, there's mockery, there's sarcasm, but nothing in the Bible is ever a throwaway. That is, if David said it, there has to be something to it. He's not just saying, you're the man, Mika Mocha Israel, who is like you in all of Israel. Again, that's something we say in our davening. So according to Chazal, if David says it, there's got to be something to it. So let's dig a little deeper and see what the sages say in Yelkot Shimoni. They say like this about Avdeh Bener. It was easier moving a huge wall than it was to move one leg of Avdeh Bener. And the Midrash goes on. Avdeh would say, if the globe, that is the Kador Aretz, the world, if it had a handle on it, I would be able to shake it. That is, I'd be able to shake the world if you put a handle on it. Now, of course, we don't take this literally, but it does convey a message that Avner is a pretty serious guy. And maybe the Midrash saying that it's easier to move a wall than it is of Avner's leg, that could be to reflect his stubbornness, that you can't move him, that he'll stay with Saul no matter what. And the Midrash saying that Avner would be able to shake the globe if there was a handle attached to it, well, it's showing us something that's very true. Avner was an incredibly powerful man. His influence was immense. He kind of did control the world. In what way? Well, we'll see that when Saul dies in war, the kingdom is going to remain with Beit Shaul. The dynasty of Saul is going to continue. And even after Saul is gone, David is still not able to break through. Why? Because Avner is there propping up Saul's son Ishboshet over almost all the tribes. He's the strong man who controls it all, keeps it all together. And he actually keeps David on the outside in Hebron for seven years. After Saul falls in war, David, he'll rule over only one tribe, Yehuda, in Hebron, and all the rest of the tribes, they go with Avner. That's the influence he had. And when do the tribes come back to David? When Avner decides they should. We'll learn this in depth later on, but what happens? He has a falling out with Ishboshet, the son of Saul, and he decides at that point to bring the tribes to David. So his power and influence are huge. And that's what it may mean. He's a man who can shake the globe. Okay, let's go on. David continues addressing Avner after mocking him and blaming him for not guarding the king properly. David says like this in verse 16, Lotov hadavara sherasita. What you have done is not good. Why, you can just feel the sarcasm dripping from his words. Chay Hashem ki mavetatem. As the Lord lives, you are worthy of death. Why is he worthy of death? Asher lo shamatem. That you did not guard Al Adonechem, on your master, Al Mashiach Hashem, on the Lord's anointed. It's interesting that the verse is Bene Mavet Atem, which means that you, in the plural, are worthy of death. He's not just indicating Avni here, or everybody is worthy of death for not guarding the king. And according to the Mitzvah David, that was just being respectful of Avner. He didn't want to say to Avner, Ata, you deserve to die. So he watered it down to say that everybody around there should get a death penalty for not guarding the king properly. 
Okay, the verse isn't finished. Now we get to the Tachlis. David reveals what he took from Saul. This is what we've been waiting for, right? And now look, look around you and see, hey, where's the king's spear? Where's the water jug that was at his head? So this is the punchline of the entire speech. Here it is. Look what I got. And according to the Mitzvah David, he's saying here that here's the proof that he didn't guard him. I'm holding the proof right in my hands. I got the stuff that was right at the king's head. So according to Rabbi Kahana, David isn't only proving that they didn't guard Saul, but he's showing everybody, again, that he's not a Moreh B'Malchut. I haven't rebelled against the king. I could have heard him and I didn't. And David is also demonstrating incredible bravery to go right up to the king's head. But most importantly, the rabbi says, David's proving here that God has rejected Saul. Because as Rabbi Kahana said earlier, the spear and the water, they're the symbols of the king's responsibility to the nation. The spear, that represents that the king is the defender and protector of the nation from external enemies. And the water, that's inside. That's the social and economic role of the king. The king worries about the Parnassa. And now it's in David's hands. So this has to make some impression on Saul's men there. It's definitely going to make an impression on Saul. And it says in verse 17, Vayaker Shaul et kol David. And Saul recognized David's voice. Vayomer, David? Is that your voice, my son David? David, And David said, It is my voice, my lord the king. So Saul jumps in here and he recognizes David's voice, maybe before Avner does. And he says, almost in a pathetic way, Is that your voice, my son David? And so at this point, David is finished addressing Avner. And now he's going to address King Saul. And in our next year, we'll see in an emotional speech what David will tell King Saul.